Greetings, friends, and good morning, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com, and that's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to find to support this mission of truth. Today we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and Proverbs. We're ready for Psalm 38 and Proverbs 25. Now, Psalm 38 is only 22 verses. And it's really got kind of two parts to it. Uh, The first 11 verses, it's really David lamenting about his own sin and grieved by his own sin, but also having a proper sense of fear of God, the one who chastises, the one who chastens. Um, And it's really a good picture of you know, that true reverence for God that only a believer can have. And then verses 12 through 22 deal more with lamenting over, you know, the the people that are still trying to destroy him. And then it ends with, uh, with David just kind of pleading with God not to be far from him. Understanding that God is his only help, his only protection, and his only salvation for sin. And so, with that backdrop in mind, let's read Psalm 38. I'm going to do some commentary from Matthew Henry this morning, as I often do. Um, His commentary is actually broken up into two pieces as well, kind of like this psalm. So, I'm going to read the first 11 verses of the psalm, read the commentary that goes with that, and then the last uh, nine verses and read the, or eight verses and the commentary that goes with that. And I just pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you'll be blessed this morning, that these words will pierce your hearts and just cause you to draw closer to God. Let's begin. Psalm 38, King James Bible. O Lord, Rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presses me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thy anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities are gone over my head. As a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are filled with the loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it is also gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. So that's the first 11 verses. And you got to love David's honesty 
not just his honesty, but his proper view of his sin, right? He understands that it's, that he's filthy, right? He understands that God's righteousness is unobtainable. Look at him. He says, my loins are filled with the loathsome disease and there's no soundness in my flesh. My iniquities have gone over my head. As a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. There's no soundness in my flesh, he says. Because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. So he's, he's coming to terms with his sin. He understands God's righteousness. That's why he says, Lord, please rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure, for, their, for thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presses me sore. So that's how he starts the psalm. Let me give you some commentary from Matthew Henry. Here's what he says. Nothing will disquiet the heart of a good man so much as the sense of God's anger. The way to keep the heart quiet is to keep ourselves in the love of God. But a sense of guilt is too heavy to bear and would sink men in despair and ruin unless removed by the pardoning mercy of God. If there were not sin in our souls, there would be no pain in our bones, no illness in our bodies. The guilt of sin is a burden to the whole creation which groans under it. It'll be the burden to the sinners themselves when they are heavy laden under it, or a burden of ruin when it sinks them to hell. When we perceive our true condition, the good physician will be valued, sought, and obeyed. I love that line right there. Let me read it again. When we perceive our true condition, the good physician will be valued, sought, and obeyed. You see, the problem with much of the world is much of the world doesn't understand its true fallen nature, its true condition. It hasn't come to terms with that reality. And even many who are well-churched they haven't really come to terms with how filthy their sin actually is and how desperate their need is for the Savior, for the good physician, for the only one who can save you from your depravity. Continuing on with the commentary, Yet many let their wounds wrinkle because they delay to go to their merciful friend. When at any time we are distempered in our bodies, we ought to remember how God has has been dishonored in and by our bodies. The groanings which cannot be uttered are not hid from him that searches the heart and knows the mind of the spirit. David in his troubles was a type of Christ in his agonies, of Christ on the cross, suffering and deserted. Let's read the last eight verses here as David kind of switches topics a little bit, but I think it's all tied together. So we go to verse 12. He says, They also that seek after my life lay snares before me. And they that seek my hurt speak mischievous things and imagine deceits all the day long. But I, as a deaf man, heard not. 
And I was dumb man, I was a dumb man that openeth not his mouth. Thus I was a man that heareth not, and in those in whose mouth are no reproofs. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou will hear, O Lord my God. For I said, Hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me when my foot slippeth. They magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare mine iniquity, I will be sorry for my sin. But my enemies are lively, and they are strong, and they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They that also render evil for good are my adversaries, because I follow the thing that is good. Forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Let me read a little more commentary for you, and then we'll move on to the Proverbs. Here's what Matthew Henry has to say about those last eight verses we just read. He said, Wicked men hate goodness, even when they benefit by it. David, in the complaints that he makes of his enemies, seems to refer to Christ. But our enemies do us real mischief only when they drive us from God and our duty. That's an important statement. Our enemies, like the damage that they're doing to us, it's... It's only really a big deal when that damage causes us to be driven from God. Which is really the enemy's ultimate goal, right? Is to get you as far from God as possible. Get you to start trusting in your flesh or to, or to lose faith, to lose hope. Continuing on, the true believer's trouble will be made useful. He will learn to wait for his God. And will not seek relief from the world or himself. The less we notice the unkindness and injuries that are done to us, the more we consult the quiet of our own minds. David's trouble were the chastisement and consequences of his transgressions, while Christ suffered for our sins and ours only. What right can a sinner have to yield the impatience or anger when mercifully corrected for his sins? David was very sensible of the present workings of corruption in him. Good men, by setting their sorrow continually before them, have been ready to fall, but by setting God always before them, they have kept their standing. If we are truly penitent for sin, that will make us patient under affliction. Nothing goes near to the heart of a believer when in affliction than to be under the apprehension of God deserting him, nor does anything come more frequently from his heart than his, this prayer, be not far from me. The Lord will hasten to help those who trust in him as their salvation. So that's our psalm for this week. We're going to move on, look for some wisdom from the Proverbs, chapter 25. Let's see what the Word of God has to say to us this morning. Verse 1. These are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judea, copied out. 
It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. The heaven for height, and the earth for depth, and the heart of a king is unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne shall be established in righteousness. Put not forth thyself in the presence of the king, and stand not in the place of great men. For better it is that is to be said unto thee, Come up hither, than thou shalt be put lower in the presence of the prince from thine eyes have seen. Go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof, when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself, and discover not a secret to another, lest he that heareth it put thee to shame, and thy infamy turn not away. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. It's an interesting line. Let's read that again. Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift so it's like bragging about an ability you don't really have, right? And I see this a lot. Or people have, through some kind of delusion, convinced themselves that they're an expert in a certain topic when, at the end of the day, they're clueless, right? And it's almost like, if you've run into these people they can't help but boast about this thing that they have no business boasting about. Let's read the proverb again. Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. What are clouds and wind without rain? Basically useless, right? <laughs> so is boasting about a, about a gift that you really don't even have. Verse 15. By long forbearing is a prince persuaded and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. Hast thou found honey? Eat so much is sufficient for thee, lest thou be filled therewith and vomit it. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. What's that mean? It means don't overstay your welcome. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. Verse 18, a man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a, is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. Confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Don't put confidence in unfaithful people, right? Confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Verse 20, as he taketh away a garment in cold weather, and as 
vinegar upon nitre, so is he that singeth songs to a heavy heart. If thy enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. See, it's this idea of being kind and gracious and merciful to even those people that hate you. And when you do that, you're really like heaping coals on their head. And the Lord sees this and reward that behavior. Verse 23, The north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance on a backbiting tongue. It is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. As cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. A righteous man falleth down before the wicked, is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. A righteous, listen to this, because what do we do in our culture today? We just kind of hide away and we keep our mouth shut and we just do what the master says and we don't want to we don't want to speak against the the absolute filth that's going on in our country look at this a righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring Verse 27, it is not good to eat much honey, so for men to search their own glory is not glory. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. If you don't have any self-control, it's like a city that has no one to rule over it, that's broken down, has no walls to protect it. That is our Psalms and our Proverbs for this morning. I hope that you've been blessed, strengthened, encouraged, filled with wisdom, filled with spirit. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast and continuing, continuing to make it possible week after week after week. Thank you for your prayers. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.